0: Learn more at Marines.com.
1: For our Hawkeye fans, uh, this is Rob Howe, your host, and we are back with another edition of the Hawkeye History Podcast here at Hawkeye Nation. Um, This week's guest, and I'm really excited to talk to him. It's been a while since I've spoken with him, and uh, he's a great guy and an awesome memory for Hawkeye fans. It's uh, former wide receiver Warren Holloway. Um, if you don't remember him, you're probably not a Hawkeye fan. So, um, Warren, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing great. Doing great. I uh, appreciate you uh, bringing me on.
1: So, um, I, I don't really have a blueprint for how we do these, these things, but I think it's best to kind of start with what you, what you're up to now. What, what are you doing these days? I think I saw you're, you're back at school. You're going to graduate school.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. So I, I went back to school about oh, five years ago uh, to pursue physical therapy. Um, so I, I just I actually just graduated this past Friday from uh, Roslyn Franklin University up there in North Chicago. So I'm really excited. Congratulations, about- man. Thank you. Thank that's
1: you. a big so I- deal.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Yeah.
1: it is a big yeah. deal, man. To go back to school and get a graduate degree. I'm proud of you.
0: Yeah, it's it was it was a challenge. Um, I got my MBA first, and then uh, then then did all my science classes. I was an economics major at Iowa, uh, so I had to do all my science classes first. So I did that, and so now I only thing I've left is to pass my license exam at the end of the summer, so I can practice in Illinois and. No more books uh' <laughs> at least, at least no more grades. I'll still be reading, right? You have to keep up, but um sure, yeah, it feels it, it was a really you know really good journey, so
1: so what did you do prior to that, maybe with your Iowa degree, and then what led you down this path to want to go into physical therapy?
0: Well, actually, I went to Iowa to become a physical therapist as you as you may know, Iowa is a top five uh physical therapy school in the country, yeah. And so that was that was my original intent. I was an exercise science major my freshman year, Uh, but science classes and being a two sport athlete just did not mix for me at the time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I understand. So
0: changed to economics. So uh, I did I. I used it as a substitute teacher in high school. I didn't – you know, econ is a very versatile degree, but you have yeah. to know what you want to do with it. Econ kind of came natural to me, but I didn't necessarily have, have a plan. Like, oh, I going to do digital economics degree. Uh, I just wanted a real degree, which that's what I got, you know.
1: Um, And then um – um. So so you had physical therapy on your mind early on then, obviously, when you arrived at Iowa. What what kind of attracted you to that field and, and wanting to do that?
0: Well, I learned about it at a college fair, my junior year of high school. And what attracted me to, to it was, it was exercise. My whole life, I'm very comfortable in, in the space of just and so forth. And so in the profession of physical therapy, we... Um, improve a person's function and quality of life uh, through the use of exercise and patient education. Uh, And it was really interesting to me because typically an athlete will go into strength condition or personal training, uh, but physical therapy is such a education of exercise. uh, I thought it would be an interesting career to have uh, and challenge as well. So that's what drew me
1: to it. Um, I'm not sure where you're stationed right now, but you're breaking up a little bit, but it's kind of coming closer to being good. So um, hopefully this call does not drop off. We dropped off with Matt Sherman last week and reconnected. So if that happens, we will do that. Um, But we're going to keep rolling here. (laughs) You're good. Um, So. um, Have you been back in Chicago since you left Iowa?
0: Yes, I so after a couple of years of, you know, arena ball here and there, just being in and out of town, I, I did eventually like settle back in Chicago. Um, probably I don't know, two thousand seven or eight ish. Just kind of really settled back in Chicago. So I've been here the whole time. Uh, you know, my family's here. So yeah, Chicago's home.
1: How old are you now?
0: Uh, I am 37.
1: There you go, Hawkeye fans. Now, if you weren't feeling old enough today, right. um, you are now. <laughs> the man who made the catch is 37 years old. Oh, I yeah. Feel
0: Knock, <laughs> yeah, knocking on the door of 40 here.
1: <laughs> I feel you. I hit 50 a few years ago, and I'm, uh, I was out before we did this podcast trying to get some exercise in. My doc's getting on, on me, so trying to get myself back into shape talking about physical, uh, therapy. I, I, I may need some physical therapy after this summer of exercising.
0: Hey, keep at it, keep at it. You're going to do great.
1: <laughs> um, so let's, let's, okay. So we got where you are now and kind of what you're up to. And, uh, again, that's, that's awesome. you got, you got a chance to go back to school and kind of follow your dream and hopefully, uh, you'll pass in the, this later this summer and, and be out there practicing and that'll be great. And hopefully all the Iowa fans that are in the Chicagoland area will come out and give you some business and uh, we'll make that happen. All right. Oh yeah. That'd be excellent. <laughs> excellent. <laughs> um, so let's go back to when you were in high school. Um, we're going to go way back now that you're 37. Okay. You got to dig even deeper back into your memory bank. Um, mm-hmm. at, at what point did you feel like all right man i'm 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 capable of playing high level college football
0: oh man that's hmm probably that's a tough one maybe sophomore junior year i don't know I, to be honest with you i almost quit football in high school um really?
2: yeah so
0: story? i was on the was on varsity all summer you know, you know how you have kind of like summer ball and everything. So sure, sure. I was on a varsity over the summer, and I, I hurt my back. I was diving for a ball, and I, I fell across. I, I, you know what's funny? Um, Chris Oliver, of all people, was guarding me. <laughs> was gotcha. Yeah, he was a senior then. <laughs> I was a sophomore. He was playing uh, he was very strong safety, uh, maybe free. I can't remember now. I think it was strong safety. So he was guarding me or whatever. And we both dove for a ball and I fell across his knee. You know, Chris is not a small guy, not at all, but I hurt my back. Um, But up until then I was kind of penciled in to start, you know, going into the season, you know, Uh, but I hurt my back and I, you know, the coach kind of like demoted me down as sophomores and his son came back from some disciplinary deal and, and his son was also a receiver. So, uh, his son was promptly pushed up in the starting position and all of that stuff, you know, is stung. But I kind of the politics of it wasn't lost on me. But then he told me something that really kind of um, t- uh, really kind of pushed me the wrong way. He said I wasn't I didn't deserve to be on the team anymore, you know. Um, and then when I tried to come back all, you know, him and also the coordinator, they were just kind of um, they were just really on my case, you know. So I went back down to sophomore. I was a bit dejected and, you know, my season was kind of marred by back injury and I kind of played here, played there. But what happened was they moved me to receiver um, because I couldn't play running back consistently. And I was really not my first introduction to receiver, but in high school, that was a transition from um, from running back to receiver because I played receiver on, on varsity and the sophomore coach liked me as a running back, but he moved to receiver because I couldn't play some plays here and there. Um, so, as as fate would have it, that varsity coach resigned, He moved to a different state and a different coach came in. And I was like, well, I guess I'll give him a shot. But if it doesn't look like it's going to be anything, I'm just going to call it a day, move on in life. But it turns out he liked me. So.
1: So uh, this this was your this was before your junior year going into your junior year. Into
0: my junior year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So gotcha. the new coach came in in the spring. And he was kind of trying to recruit and that sort of thing, you know, get his get his roots planted. And I went ahead and gave it. I said, I'll give it the summer and see how it goes. And I have a good good seven on seven all summer and went on to have a, a really breakout junior year. I mean, the first game of the season, I put up three touchdowns against defending state champs and that sort of thing. So um, I would say after my junior year, I kind of felt like really after that, after my sophomore year playing on varsity, the whole the whole summer and playing
2: against other guys. You still there, Warren?
1: All right, Hawkeye fans, I think we're going to have to break here and and, uh, reconnect with Warren. Are you there, Warren? Okay, we lost him. Lost our connection to Chicago. We will reconnect with Warren and continue this conversation, uh, hopefully in a moment. Yeah, reconnected with Warren, and we're going to pick up where we left off. Um, Warren was talking about, uh, uh, you know, feeling confident after his sophomore year of high school, going into his junior year and the coaching change. Why don't you pick up there, Warren, kind of what going into your oh, junior year and kind of what was going on?
0: Yeah, so, you know, going into my junior year, I, uh, you know, a new coach had come in, he was Recruiting players, and, and I had a really good summer. You know, um, this was seven on seven. Uh, went on to have a, a breakout season. Um, the very first game of the year, I had three touchdowns against uh, one of the top teams in the conference and in the state. Um, and even even so, even the, the sophomore summer before that, uh, what was also a turning point for me is I actually went to camp. You know how they have the little camp the camps for some of the underclassmen. Sure. And I went to I went to Notre Dame's football camp uh back when Bob Davy was there. Okay. And the the receiver coach there, he was <laughs> I have I have to give it to him. He was a pretty good coach. I came back with a lot of tools in my toolbox and was able to apply those things with some of the kids there. And came back and uh was able to play better against some of the against the upperclassmen uh in my own uh, school. So, uh, just those sophomores, your summer and in junior year, uh, especially over the summer and during that season, um, I think let me know that I had some potential to play, to play college football.
1: So then after your junior year, is that kind of when things started to pick up and you started to get to camps and things like that? Or was it during your junior year? Kind of what, when did the college, to start to get in contact with you and what schools started to come in and show interest
0: oh that's a good question i'm a little fuzzy on that um i don't <laughs> know exactly i don't know exactly when it happened you know i'm fuzzy
1: on a lot of things these days more yeah. so don't feel bad.
0: <laughs> but I, I do remember at some point starting to get mail at home starting to get mail. At at school. Uh, my football coach is also my high school counselor, so he would kind of get some mail here and there. Um, but mostly it came to the house because they have their mailing list. Um but the Notre Dame camp was the only camp I ever went to. Um, so I got a little bit of mail from them. I would say pretty much every school in the Big Ten at least sent me mail. Um, I got a phone call from a couple schools. Uh, you know, Illinois recruited me pretty tough. Obviously, you know Iowa. Um, let's see, Minnesota. Uh, I want to say I got some. I have some mail from South Carolina. That was back when. Um, God, what is the Notre Dame coach's name? He took over at South Carolina. That was like his first year
1: there. Lou Holtz.
0: Yeah, Lou Holtz. Yeah, yeah. That was his first year at South Carolina. Got some mail from them. They were they were trying to turn their program around. Uh, Vanderbilt, which was interesting. I didn't realize, you know, they say Vanderbilt's a heart of the South. I didn't really, I didn't, I didn't realize that at the time, you know, people kind of, uh, yeah. you know, my parents kind of had it, you know, um, and um, it was so funny. The, the guy, he was joking around with me. He said, oh, you know, all the girls here are pretty and drive convertibles. That's what I remember from that point. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what a sales pitch.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, in a few back schools, I think like, you know, Toledo and, you know, Central Michigan, Western Michigan, those schools all, you know, so I got a lot of mail in and in a, in a few phone calls here and there. Uh, but I'd say, you know, Iowa and Illinois were probably, Iowa, Illinois, and Purdue were pro- probably um were the three schools that maybe I got maybe the most attention from, I guess. Okay. Uh, and so I was actually all set to go to Illinois, to be honest with you, uh, but they told me I was too short to play receiver for them <laughs> <laughs> and uh, ended up going with uh, another player out of St. Rita. I'm actually still in, friends with him today, uh, Adi Ariamo, uh, if yeah, I'm saying yeah, his name yeah. right.
1: Yeah, but, I know who you're talking so he, about.
0: Yeah, we came out of the same year, and he was having a great season at St. Rita. As a matter of fact, his old coach that was my coach at high school, the coach came from St. Rita, coach at HF, so he knew both of us, frankly. Um, but I was a great athlete. He went on to play at Illinois, and I went to Iowa uh, instead. You know, um, but, uh, but, yeah, it was it was a good experience, the whole recruiting thing. I didn't take that many visits. I think I took took a visit to an official to Purdue. Uh, which was fun. I got to see uh, Drew Brees play uh, Penn State, so that was a great game. Um, and then I went took unofficial to Illinois. I took one official to Iowa, and then I made my my decision. I didn't really, you know, horse around with it too much. I you know some guys they want to take all the visits possible, but it really wasn't my thing.
1: So what was it, Warren? If I can ask you, hopefully it's not too fuzzy. Um, but what? Uh, what was it that, you know, made Iowa rise to the top for you?
0: Well, well I would i would say the, the the easy one first is Iowa was going to let me play offense. A lot of teams wanted me to play defense. know, Michigan wanted me to play defense, Nebraska wanted me to play defense, Michigan State wanted me to play defense, you know. And I get it, you know, it's kind of the height thing. I'm 5'8" and some change, you know. Uh but Iowa's interested in me in playing offense. So that was the first appeal. Uh the other one is you know, you know, obviously, you know, Iowa's a great town. Everybody's polite. It was a good learning atmosphere. You know, nice, quiet college town. I felt like it was a place I could. Uh, another factor is um, the, the, the the players on the team themselves. I know I got a chance to watch. i told this story a couple of times, but I got a chance to see the guys work out. This is on my official visit. You know, they're, they're in the bubble back when there was a bubble.
1: So uh, there this was December? This was,
0: this was December, yeah, December okay. of 99, I guess. Okay. So they're come, that's they're coming off the 1-9 season. You know? <laughs> right. And I managed to make it to the 1-1. game and one. I think they beat Northern Illinois where uh, I think LeVar Woods it's, ran that. Yeah, What's that, uh, the that's block right. kick? Yeah. The block field goal back <laughs>
1: That's funny. I yeah, was talking that was to re- Anthony Heron about that, and I was talking to LeVar about that recently, how that was uh, – everybody remembers that game because it was <laughs> the only one they won.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I was there. Yep, yep. And so the that, that atmosphere of the game, was. that was my – well, my second time, I guess, going to a college game, but just the atmosphere of the fans in the stadium was just like, man, you know, I get that this is the only win, but, you know, the, the stadium is full, you know, and everybody's into it, like. It was a football town, so that you know that really let me know how great the Iowa fans were there. Uh, but like was, I was saying before, the other kind of selling point for me was I got a chance to see the guys work out. You know, the season is over now. You know, because I saw the game on my was that was that my unofficial my unofficial visit. This kind of came to a game. Uh, so then my official visit, I saw the guys working out, and they were they were working out very hard. You could see the determination. You could see that they were tired of losing. You know, um, I. I felt like the program was turning around, you know, and it just felt like the place I wanted to be, that type of environment for hard work and that sort of thing. Uh, so I was I was sold on the energy of the team, you know, um, and I would say probably the other seven point aside from academics. I think I spoke on that earlier about wanting to going to PT and I would be in a top five PT school. So that was that was a hook, line and sinker for me. Um, and then the coaching staff, you know, they were you know very relaxed, um, not uptight, you know, very genuine, um, and and remained to be that, you know, throughout my whole time at Iowa. So it was, so I was grateful, grateful for that, because I I haven't heard that be the case. Some of my other friends played at other schools here and there, uh, you know, you know how it is, mixed experiences everywhere. Sure. But uh, the staff at Iowa has been really even killed, you know. The same guys when they win, same guys when you lose, you know. So that's I've always appreciated that. Especially and I've given you a little bit of my high school background, like the difficulties I had with some of the coaches my sophomore year. So I I, I needed that even kill approach. So I didn't have that uh mm-hmm. in the beginning in high school. I had it towards the end, not necessarily in the beginning. So it's not an experience I wanted to have again. So and I didn't. I didn't. So you know. But yeah, that's that's why I chose Iowa.
1: Do you remember which player hosted you on your official visit?
0: Oh, Chris
2: did.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so that was that had to have been somewhat comforting to have a familiar face and kind of somebody who was going to give you, you know, what you, you know, give you answers to your straight-up answers to your questions.
0: Yeah, it was. It was. And, and he played receiver, too, at the time, so that was even more helpful, mm-hmm. you know. Uh but yeah, Chris was a great host. We had a good time.
1: And was it Coach Herb that recruited you? Which assistant had Chicago at that time?
0: Coach Jackson recruited me. Oh,
1: Jackson. okay. That's right. That was before Lester went to Chicago then.
0: Yeah, he uh so yeah, Coach 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 Herb's first year was pretty much my um my freshman year. Okay. Because when I was being recruited, Coach O'Keefe had the receivers, and Coach Long had the quarterbacks. Okay. Uh, But uh, yeah, Chuck Long, because he had left and went to a different school. I forget which school. Um, but yeah, that change had just been made when I came in.
1: So did you bond pretty well with Coach Jackson? Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, me and Coach Jackson, we always got along. Everybody loved Coach Jackson. He was he was like honorary father type guy for, for us, you know, even though he coached the running backs, but there's always a certain, you know, reverence around coach Jackson, just his age and what he's accomplished, you know, and throughout his coaching career. Um, he always came through with the words of wisdom and frank conversation. So yeah, coach, coach Jackson is is, is near and dear to, to all of our hearts for sure.
1: So again, just kind of asking you to go back into your memory, um, And for the listeners, that's my dog barking. I have my kids home. It's summertime, (laughs) the dog. So you guys are going to have to, um, the listeners will have to uh, deal, for lack of a better term, with my family life as we do these podcasts. But um, (laughs) in rolling along with the punches, Warren, um, what was the transition like for you from high school to college? I think I forget if it was was Anthony Heron or somebody I spoke wh- whoever, wh- one of the guys that I interviewed recently said the almost the bigger jump was from high school to college than con- than college to professional. That is a really big jump. What was it like for you?
0: Uh, it was most certainly a big jump. You know, not only do you have kind of an, an elevated academic expectation, but there's an af- elevated uh, athletic expectation. Uh, not only in performance, but in workload. Uh, so, you know, sure, I lifted weights in high school after school, but I didn't, I didn't have to get up four days a week at 6 o'clock in the morning or whatever the case is, right. you know. <laughs>
1: you didn't have Coach days Doyle days. knocking on your door. Right. Yeah,
0: Coach Doyle. <laughs> I remember, I'll I tell you this, this quick story. So when I was a freshman in high school, I squatted 400 pounds, right? So I, that's, you know. That's yeah that's
1: that's that's
0: pretty decent at the time i didn't really think much of it you know why because i was standing next to john omatola who also went to iowa for a stint who was doing uh-huh. however much he was doing and then i had chris oliver next to me doing however much he was doing you know so it wasn't it was sure okay it was not a thing you know uh so but but going through high school i didn't necessarily keep up with my squatting so when I got to Iowa, you know, Coach Doyle was like, okay, got this guy squatting 400 pounds, you know, and the weights were cranked up. And, you know, and I hadn't squatted 400 pounds since I was a sophomore. <laughs> 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 I had a, you know, and I had to come to I I ran, ran track all summer, so I didn't do any heavy lifting. uh. So when the weights were amped up to 400, I had, I had to tell him, I said, hey, look, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> As much as I want to keep up, man, this is you know my body's saying let's let's tone it down just a touch, you know. And, and you you know how intense Coach Doyle can be. He was not sure. happy about that, you know. Uh, but I had to be honest, you know, and just like look, man, I didn't I didn't do heavy weights. I, I did a lot of running. I'm fast, but you know <laughs> I didn't do a bunch of heavy squatting or something. <laughs> I'm in shape, but I'm you know I can't do my powerlifting it has it needs some work <laughs> so, uh, it was it was it was definitely a challenge so one one other thing that i did just over the course of my time realize is that you know in high school i kind of stood out for my work ethic you know it's not mm-hmm. that the other guys work hard it's just I, I, I worked hard, too, you know, and it's one of the things that people recognize. It's one of the things that Coach Jackson recognized about me, you know, is that, you know, he came, our room, he came to the White Room to visit, you know, and later on, he told me, like, one of the things I was impressed about is that how hard you were working compared to the other guys and that sort of thing and thought you'd be a good fit. And it turns out he was he was right. But, uh, you know. In college, everybody is special where they come from, and then you come to a D1 school, and now, in some ways, you're not as special anymore, unless you're immensely talented, right, you know, a Michael Vick type or something like that.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, So, uh, my my work ethic was on par with everybody else, but it didn't necessarily stand out here and there, not enough to warrant a pat on the back, and even if you did, you probably wouldn't get one, because they expect you to work hard. Right.
2: (laughs) right <laughs> so when
0: i when i was a senior you know my you know at the end of two of days you know seniors come up and they give their word of advice or whatever to the freshmen kind of a you know kind of a camaraderie thing i thought i thought it was a good practice i hope they still do it today and my advice to the freshmen was you know don't to stand out just because you're working hard it's the expectation so you know uh i think how can i put this how did this quote go so i said uh working hard doesn't make you special It just makes you part of the team you know yeah this is something like that right and that's it's you have to accept that right? you know it's you're not always going to stand out just because you're 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 sweating everybody's sweating um and to really really I didn't tell them this but really you know and I had to really embrace giving my A game every day you know that was the other uh, the other challenge um in high school yeah i I gave my A-game every day because I like to, but I, I wasn't necessarily pushed to it. You know, here, you know, I gave my A-game every day, whether I wanted to or not. And it was just like I had to.
2: <laughs> yeah, right.
0: uh, and that can that can be stressful on its end. some people,
2: you know, mm-hmm. they,
0: some people just generally in life, if they have to give their A-game every day, they're like, well, let me pick something a little bit easier. You mm-hmm. um, know, and so that was probably the biggest challenge of college, having to bring my A-game every day in on the field and in the classroom, that can, you know, psychologically wear on you. Just the stress of that can wear on you, knowing that your margin of error is quite slim for such an extended period of time.
1: Sure. So, I, I, you know, as you were saying, you know, the guys that are at, in college, especially at a program like Iowa or, or in the Big Ten, those mm-hmm. guys were all, you know, standouts on their high school team. Um, Sure. You know, the the stars, the guys that, you know, everybody, you know, grab the headlines. Mm -hmm. Now there's only a few people, you know, that are going to be able to do that at college. And you kind of had to find your way and kind of grind. What was that like for you? Kind of, I'm sure there was some frustration there that you didn't get on the field earlier.
0: Well... Sure, and uh, frankly, I think everybody worth their salt should be frustrated if they're not getting on the field at some point. Right. Because you should want to, you know, be the man, so to speak. That's the way I feel, anyway. Sure. You should want to, right? Um, that's that's what's going to push you, right, to just to want to start and and make the play, right? Um, I think um my my struggle it was, I mean, it was kind of that, but my struggle was. Was, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you a quick story. This is this is probably my biggest regret, if you will, at at Iowa. So I, you know, I played offense junior, senior. I didn't do much else. Pretty much play receiver, and that's it. And that's high school. That's how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, when I came in, um, they wanted me to play. I, guess I was a freshman. I did red shirt, but they wanted me to play gunner, right, for the for the punt team. And so, which, which is fine, but it involves tackling. I had tackling anybody in three years. <laughs> I didn't, didn't done tackling drills. <laughs> so I was kind of like, I don't know. You know, I mean, I, you know, I get in line like 20 DBs, you know, they're all reasonably fast. You know, everybody's kind of getting off breaking the press pretty good. I didn't really see where I was uniquely talented to play gunner on, on a punt team. But that's what they wanted me to do. Mm-hmm. And I refused, frankly. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, it's, and it's not, and, and it came off like, you know, it was, you know, beneath me or whatever to play special teams. It wasn't like that. Uh, I just wanted to do something that I felt like I was actually good at. So a y- year later, uh, they put me on punt block, on punt block. And and one of the first positions I played in football was D line. I actually played nose tackle. That was the first position I played in football. Really? And I was good. And I was good at it then, but uh-huh. obviously not the body for it. But being a smaller guy coming off the edge against like some larger whoever guy, <laughs> um, I could I could snake through pretty good and and really put some pressure on the punter. Um, I don't know if you remember that, but that was what I was good at when my when my sophomore sophomore and junior year. That's how I did a lot of that. Um, and I was good at it and I took to it and I really embraced it. And that was my first game experience on, on punt block. You know, out there, you know, rushing the punter and then getting back and being back and blocking. I haven't I didn't have a problem with it at all. You know? Uh but, you know, by then, you know, it's kind of like okay. By then the coach is kinda like, okay, does does this guy get it? You know, from my freshman year. And that, that was that was my young and dumb mistake. Uh that I wish I could take back. I should have just played for better or worse, just took the gunner assignment. Whatever happens, happens.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you asked me if I remember, I remember you being good on special teams. That was one of the things like when you, when you, you know, and we'll get to the catch eventually, but you know, uh, and that, I think the catch stood out to a lot of people because they didn't really know who you were. And they were like, who's Warren? How? I mean, I remember you being really good on special teams. Did you eventually get to the point where you understood the value of that? Because it seemed like you embraced it later on in your career. Well, I've,
0: I've always didn't get see that's the misnomer, I've always embraced special teams. It's just that I wanted to do something I was good at. Right. right. I didn't. And here's the thing, you have, and it's, here's my flaw, right? I have to trust the coaches to make those decisions, right? To say what I'm going to be good at, what I'm not going to be good at, that sort of thing. At least to evaluate, right? And that's, and that, and that's, that's what, that's what I didn't uh, realize or accept or appreciate, whatever the appropriate word is, is really, you know, trusting the coaches to place me where where they saw fit. Um. So, uh, but no, I've but from, but every the other positions, right? Uh, or playing, um, they put me on kickoff cover. By then, I was just gonna play. I didn't care anymore. But <laughs> uh, but when they put me on, when they put me on punt block, like I instantly knew that that was not instantly new, but I instantly felt comfortable in that role, and I really, you know, was aggressive at it. And it may have came off like, oh, okay, now he wants to play, but no, that was something I was familiar with from my like little league football. Uh, so you know, misunderstandings happen and we, you know, we all learn from our mistakes. Right.
1: So. Oh, definitely. And it's stuff that we in later in life, you know, benefit from, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So by the time you were a senior, you were playing a little bit more, you know, you're getting to play receiver a little bit more. Um, How was that your senior year? I mean, was that the, was that kind of, um and special teams as well your senior year was that kind of the most because that was a kind of a um, crazy year man with the running back injuries and you had tate out there as a true sophomore and man that was a just a gutty team that team was just you know talk about grind that 2014 just seemed like everybody was a grinder
0: yeah yeah, I mean, you know, senior year was nobody senior year could have went any number of directions, frankly. Um, we the biggest challenge to senior year, at least offensively, is that we have to find an, an identity. Right. Um, And we learned that the hard way against Arizona State.
2: <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs>
0: Um, and you know, not not taking anything away from Arizona State, they were an incredibly coached, well prepared team. I mean, they were they were running my routes for me, you know. So <laughs> they, were, they were ready for us, you know? <laughs> and and uh, we just we didn't have the same running game we did in 2003. Obviously, when you lose a guy like Robert Gallery and and, and number and that whole O line, right? Um, you're just not going to have the same caliber running game. Uh, to just muscle your way down the field like we used to do, and uh, we had to f- find another way. And obviously, running back injuries didn't didn't help that as the season went on. I mean, I mean, you 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 saw how good Albert Young turned out to be, and and we saw how good you know Jamel was when we could get him out there. You know, mm-hmm. imagine if we had those two guys healthy. You know, imagine if we had those two guys healthy. You know, we.
1: Not only that, you guys lost Marcus Schnorr. You lost Marcus Simmons. I mean, it was – you guys got got hammered at that position.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure, yeah, you're right. I forgot about those guys. Yeah. You know, so we – no, we've always been stacked at running back. From my freshman year, we've been stacked at running back. You know, and now all of a sudden my senior year is is, is desolate. (laughs) So the season really could have went either way. Um, and I really, I guess, tip my hat to Coach O'Keefe for for realizing that we're gonna have to go ahead and just throw the ball. It's just, it wasn't. It was a very uncharacteristic year for Iowa yeah. to be, and I guess shotgun most of the time. Because even when we had Brad, we we still primarily were a running team. we were running mm-hmm. running play action team. And for the first time that I can remember, we were not a play action team. You know, we were kind of more of a more of the run and shoot variety, I guess. You know, so um, it essentially what happened was if I'm just, I'll just elaborate here is uh, we tried to make sure we stayed in third and short and um, I became the third down back, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if it was third and five or whatever, you knew they was going to throw that, throw that out to me and we're going to move the chains. <laughs> and that's kind of what we did. If anything a little bit longer than that, he was going to throw it to Ed on some type of hook or crossing route. And, and that's, or you know, a roll out. You know, they were roll you out because he's good on his feet. uh And, and that's how that's how we survive. Just, you know, uh, having, you know, short third downs and being really clutch and converting, and moving the chains. So. Yeah. That, and we had a great defense.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's not why <laughs> at all.
1: That's that defense was stacked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um so what was it like playing with Drew? What was he like in the huddle? What what was he like? I mean, cuz he was still a pretty young player at that point and you guys, a lot of you guys were veterans elsewhere on the offense.
0: Yeah, no, I, don't know what I mean, Drew Drew picked up the offense just fine. I mean, he, you know, he came out of Texas. I think he, you know, broke some of, not all of, I think major Applewhite's records in Texas, if my if my if my facts are right. Mm-hmm. And he was having five wide, so you know, having three wide or four wide was kind of not was he was that was in his he was in his element. So for us to have to throw the ball, that was right up his alley. Um, and. I, I know that on the sideline, you know, there was always like, oh, you know, is he is he a hothead or what have you? Because he'd throw his helmet from time to time, you know, that sort of thing. But no, nah, he was actually a pretty calm guy in the huddle. Really, really focused, really sharp. Um, he wasn't – he never once seemed to lose his composure too much. Uh, uh, no, nah, he, he, he ran offense pretty
1: well. Yeah. No, I think people saw when he and Coach O'Keefe would yell at each other. <laughs> <laughs> when, he, when, oh. when he'd get back to the sidelines and then wonder. But I, Drew was one of my favorite guys just because from a competitive nature, I don't think there were a lot of guys that came through here that were as competitive as him. And I think I think for me, I, I think I was down on the sidelines at, at uh, the big house when they ripped his helmet off. Yeah. And uh, that was the beginning of the – I think that was the last game you guys lost in 2004 was at Michigan when they ripped his helmet off and he still kept playing and threw – through the past, <laughs> I'm sure you remember that.
0: Yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a that was a that was a tough loss. We really wanted that one back. Yeah, it was that was that was part of our you know finding our identity, you know, for sure, for sure. Uh, but no, Drew. So Drew was used to putting up 40, 50, 60 points on people from high school. So to come to come here and you know, and he he's more aggressive. Like he he's a more so if he was offensive coordinator you know it you know it'd be a, a shootout you know right every game right. It'd just be a complete shootout <laughs> so you know, and he wants those opportunities and so him him and coach o'keefe would kind of <clears throat> debate about right. the level of aggressiveness in the play calling you know um but you know it's you rarely you rarely see quarterbacks see a debate with coach o'keefe like that but he, him and coach o'keefe had that type of rapport and you know it worked out so
1: so you guys run the table you you win the the big 10 championship the last big 10 championship that iowa has won believe it or not um and, and the landscape's a little different now with the divisions and things like that but um do you remember the Wisconsin game, and, and you guys kind of fell behind early there and then came back and won it, and then the trophy celebration and all that at Kinnick Stadium?
0: I do, actually. Yeah, yeah, I do. As, as you're talking about it, yeah, it's coming <laughs> back to me. But yeah, yeah, that was – honestly, here's the thing. N- nobody wants to play Iowa in November. You know, it's, <laughs>
2: it's
0: just the worst time of year to play Iowa, especially going into Kinnick. If you have a good record, you don't want to come in a canning. You're putting it at risk. It doesn't matter who you are. You're going to get, you know, an A-plus effort in November. Really all season, but especially November because everything's clicked and jailed, And that's that's where we were. To be honest with you, we didn't even realize we had a chance to win the Big Ten until we were sitting in the locker room, like maybe at halftime or whatever. Um, and we were kind of going over. We just, I don't know, we just – just kind of relaxed, like, hey, okay, end of the season, you know, what's our record again? And then somebody <laughs> said, hey, you know, so-and-so lost this game and that game, and, you know, and we, we beat this team, and then Michigan lost to them or whatever. We might still have a chance to win the Big Ten. And it was – we didn't do the math completely. It was kind of a big maybe, you know. And then after the game, they was like, oh, no, yeah, you guys are, you know, <laughs> going to be co-champs no in Michigan. So <laughs> we was like, oh, that's nice. That's, that's pretty cool, you know. Um. But no, Wisconsin always plays us tough. Uh, we just have to come out on top that day. Yeah.
1: And it's always icing on the cake too when you can beat Wisconsin and Barry Alvarez. I know I've talked to a lot of guys in the past who take great pleasure in being able to. That's that's the way it is though. You beat your border rivals. It's, there's there's always something special about that.
0: Yeah, I've I've been man, playing at such uh, you know a pivotal time in Iowa's you know career. I got to experience you know Iowa beat a number of teams. On a more consistent basis, that are usually a little more back and forth. You know, like we had good success against, you know, uh, Wisconsin during my time there. We had, you know, good success against, you know, Minnesota and um, and, and, and Iowa State, and I would say it's pretty even. I think about it, but um, and and Northwestern, right? Because um, Northwestern will sneak up, has snuck up. Oh, in yeah. the late 2000s and, and stole a few, yep. but we never, we never lost to Northwestern. <laughs> Even the year we went three and seven, I think we beat Northwestern <laughs> and when there That's were right. like 20 in the country like that. Yeah. You guys, um,
1: beat, you guys beat Northwestern, Michigan State and who else that year? I can't remember. Uh, it it escapes me. Must have been, a, non- I think it was a non-conference game, but I do remember you guys beat Michigan State and you beat Northwestern and they were both ranked. Yeah. Yeah. Mhm. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, and you could beat Ohio State in 2004, and that doesn't happen a whole lot either. Yeah, I don't know what happened to that
0: team. It's like, cause you know Ohio State, it was. I know it was kind of an off year for them, but it was. I don't. It's like they just didn't show up. Honestly, yeah. it's like they didn't show up. <laughs> I don't know if they thought they were just gonna walk in and catch an easy win, or or that we were overrated, but they they didn't show up that day. You know. Um, like I remember 2003, you know, we, you know, it was two, yeah, 2003 and we played them, you know, I really wanted to play in that game, but I was coming off of, coming off of injury, so I didn't get to do much if anything. Um, and I, that was, that was, you know, a pretty good battle there.
1: Yeah. I was at that game. That was at the shoe. That's the, that's the game where Cading ran the fake field goal in for a touchdown. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember um, standing on the sideline and looking at Nate's face as he was running towards the running towards the the pylon and he, the look on his face was please man just let me get in the end zone before somebody <laughs> hits me. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, but um so you guys run the table, you win the big ten in two thousand four, and then you get, you know, L S U, you get SEC, you get Cap One Bowl, pretty big stage for you guys. What was kind of the the vibe leading up to that game, and and was it um, you know, uh, uh, well I'll let you take it. You kind of what was the prep like for that game?
0: You know, by then, at least for us seniors, we had been to you know three bowl games prior, so it was business as usual.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, it was somewhat reminiscent of. Now, it doesn't it didn't have quite the same hype around it, obviously. But, you know, in 0-2, we played USC. They had Carson Palmer, Troy Palomalu, mm-hmm. right? And Justin Fargus, right? All those guys. Uh, so as seniors playing another high-profile team, that that part didn't really – that wasn't a thing. It was very much business as usual. Um, I think the coaching staff had our prep down really well. Um, you know, I, I think the coaching staff has done a really good job. And a coach Doyle as well, just making sure that our conditioning is prepared for the heat, um, and that we're, you know, peakly prepared, just imagining the schedule and everything as far as the because as far as the bowl game prep. Because it can be a, a challenge, right? You're not in the same locker room, you don't have the same practice field. You can be in a different location, different state, different climate it can really throw you off. Right. Uh, but we 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 power through. We power through and we were
1: prepared. Yeah. So, so before, he, we, before we get to the, the climactic finish of the game, what do you remember about the game kind of leading up to the end? Well, it was, it was, you know, it was a defensive struggle. Points were hard to come by. What was that like, that kind of a, almost like a battle of attrition?
0: It was, but that was to our favor. You right. know, being an SEC team or, or a Pac-10 team, we don't, we don't want to get in a shootout, even though we were kind of more of a shootout team. It's still we still weren't you know we still don't want a shootout <laughs> um like i said I've, based on other years we, we could we could do the shootout deal but that's not where we really wanted to take it so if the game slowed if the pace of the game slowed down and it became more of a ground battle that really favored us in our defense you know um so i'm, I'm glad the game slowed down um uh, LSU team was a very talented team. Um I would say definitely one of the more talented if not the most talented team we had played all year just from from a second from a secondary perspective.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Based on other guys I played against, you know, I thought you know, I thought they were pretty well organized, pretty quick, pretty strong. Um so uh, I think it really came down to which team was was coached the best. Um I'd say that one of the things we had going for us culturally is winning in all three phases of the game. Uh, that's something that any time you see an Iowa team and they have a good offense, good defense, and good special teams, right, you know it's going to be a really good year. Uh, that's what that. And if they have a good D line, good D line, good O line, you know that's 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 the magic right there. Good D line, good O line, good special teams. The rest is gonna fall into place for any Iowa team. And that, that's that's pretty much what what we had. We have found found our way on offense, which was quite magical because I think we were a hundred. We were one. Were we a hundred and twelve that year rushing? <laughs> in rushing in the NCAA? It was that. It
1: wasn't mean, like that. Pretty. It wasn't pretty. I'll tell you that, Warren. <laughs>
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we weren't supposed to be there we, You're not supposed to win the Big Ten when you're 112 from rushing just, that, just, that just never happens um, But we found a way um, and, and, and the rest is history, man I mean, yeah, it's great experience
1: Complimentary football, they call it
0: Complimentary <laughs> football, <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> they, still, they still push that, that term today And it still fits Iowa football without question Mm -hmm. um so i'm gonna let you take most of this i won't ruin the moment but you know we we, you know those of us and, and most iowa fans remember you guys lined up looked like there was anarchy out there people were wondering what was going on then boom it happened so you take me through that whole thing the whole play and what what you remember from it and uh you know the the feeling at the end
2: yeah,
0: sure. I mean, I remember about every bit of it, you know, because we uh, the play before I call the pass and, you know, got close to the sticks, but not quite. And we thought we had a first down, you know, but we didn't. So the clock kept rolling. Uh, the good news is that we already had the, um, the two plays called. We already knew what we were going to do next. We were just kind of huddling to just because we thought we had a first down. We had, We huddled because we thought we had a first down. If we had known we did our first down, we would have just ran the next play mm-hmm. uh, right away. Um, but uh, so as, as fate would have it, uh, Drew happened to notice that there was some confusion in the defense. And he said, OK, let's hurry up. Get out there. We're going to run it on set. You know, let's go. And we ran out there and there was some confusion between. They were, they were trying to get their personnel together. And they, I think the guy over me particularly was kind of looking back and forth. Between him and the free safety and the sideline, trying to figure out what was going on. So when uh Drew hiked the ball, uh and he you know came down to get a jam on me. You know, eh, it was a modest jam, but nothing nothing too serious. It was about you know, a couple yards outside the hash or something like that. And the play was designed to go to um, Clint, Clint Solomon, mm-hmm. on the backside. He had a post. You know, me and, and and Chandler, we were supposed to draw the safety away and it was going to throw the post on the backside. That was that was the plan. Uh, but the safety doubled down on Chandler. And so the safety well, did vacate the middle of the field. Um, and I guess the other guy had Clint, you know, covered or it wasn't a clean throw, but it left me wide open because my guy stayed in the flat. But, you know, I guess he realized too late that the safety had come down and so he was already five, six, seven yards behind me. So he was kind of out of the picture, maybe even more. Uh, so and so Drew hung it up there and the ball, he kind of floated. He kind of, he kind of hung it a bit uh, because I had to drift out to the outside. So initially I thought he was throwing it to Ed, you know, the way it initially mm-hmm. came off his hand. And, but I figured, well, it's the end of the game. You know, somebody in the black jersey has to come down with this ball. So let me just wander in this direction and see what happens. But then it stopped over my head. So I thought, oh, well, maybe he's throwing this to me. <laughs> 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 so, um, so you know, I, you know I, I, I looked it in, you know, pinky, you know, as, as, I, as I always practice, you know, pinkies together, elbows together. You don't want it falling all the way through. Um, and, and, and caught the ball, had a little tap on the shoulder from, uh, I think it was probably the guy who got the jam on me or from, um, uh, no maybe the free safety. Now, I don't remember, but I really actually expected to get hit as soon as I caught the ball. I, I didn't realize the free safety. I came down so far on Chandler. I thought he was in a little bit better position. So I really expected to get hit because we thought we were going to just kick a field goal in the last few seconds and, and win it that way. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I caught the ball, scored, you know, and I thought there was still time to kick extra points. so I never kept the ball, but, oh, but I can tell, yeah, I dropped the ball. I thought I had to catch extra point. We said, why do you keep the ball? Well, I thought we had an extra point to kick. I didn't realize the game was over, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the, the experience of it all, uh, as far as, you know, down the field, catching the ball and all of that, it's, it's really true. What they say when you're really, really focused I think baseball players can probably um, relate to this the most when you're focusing on the ball for the pitch, is that all of your senses kind of focus in on that one thing. So I didn't hear the crowd at all when when the ball was in the air. I, I didn't hear the crowd at all. I heard my own breath and heartbeat, sure, uh, but the noise of the crowd came back in after I caught the ball and was running. So that was probably a really interesting uh, experience, and then. um, afterwards you know just seeing the guys around the field and being on the bottom of the big dog pile you know i was actually on on the bottom (laughs) uh so (laughs) getting crushed by everybody but it it was it was cool yeah definitely a good day
1: did you ever find out who got that football
0: yeah. Yeah, actually. Um, so uh, the former AD director uh, Bob Bowlesby, because, you know, I think I don't know if he's still in the Big 12, but he was in the Big 12 at the time. I bumped into him at a character counts charity event. Uh, and He told me that the referee has the ball and he's a retired Big 12 referee. Um, I don't know. I don't know his name. <laughs> and I've, I've I've said this on every interview since then. He can just wheel me the ball. You know. <laughs> when he's ready. I know it's in good hands. Eventually he's gonna hear one of these podcasts. So he can just wheel <laughs> me the ball. I'm perfectly fine. I know he's gonna take good care of it, you know, and we'll go from there, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> What do you have for as I mean, other than you know, your your memory itself, did did you keep any mementos or there is there anything that you can Kept from that game that catch that moment that you um have displayed or or you know put away or something kept saved anything like that
0: you know nothing more than the ordinary stuff you know seniors get to keep their jerseys and their helmet and so that's mm-hmm. what i have if i look really really hard maybe i have the gloves somewhere
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's about it that's about it hmm
1: what? How do you? I guess. I guess. What's the word I'm looking for here? What is it like being you, the the guy that you know ha, was in that lived that moment, had that play? Um, what's it been like? I guess since then. Uh, I'm sure it, not a lot of time goes by between. You know, seeing a Hawkeye fan that says, Oh wow, Warren Holloway. I mean, it's that's one of the you know biggest moments in Hawkeye history.
0: It's it's nice. It's nice, it's nice because the fans are nice, right? So Iowa has some of the, the greatest fans ever, and I've I've had some really good experiences, you know. I wanted to happen to I know one guy in particular. Uh this was maybe that the next spring he like made a plaque like he had the picture he made a plaque it was like all engraved and stuff just kind of commemorate the moment and he like got a chance to like hand deliver it to me at the complex he was just going to drop it off he was having to bump it to me on his way in and it was just a really cool like endearing thing you know that he did and it and it really is kind of a microcosm of just how great the Iowa fans are every time you know, if I make if I make it back for a game here and there and they say, oh, I was doing this or that. I get to hear really cool stories about what people were doing at the time because people just tend to remember what they were doing at that moment. Right. Uh, so that's that's been like, you no know, one of the most rewarding things about the whole experience is just having that experience be such an impactful moment on the lives of Hawkeye fans. And then them sharing it with me. That, that's all. I'm never really tired of hearing about their about how they experienced the moment, you know. It was really cool.
1: Was there gratification there too for you for working hard for five years and then, you know, ending on that high note? That's kind of a storybook ending. And I think it speaks to or I guess is a lesson for all of us that, you know, if you put in the time, you put in the effort, you put in the work, good things can happen.
0: It was definitely gratifying. I mean, you know, you play offense because you want to score. And I got to score one touchdown in five years of work, but it happened to be a very monumental. (laughs) So it, so it was very, yeah, it was, it was was very, very gratifying, very gratifying indeed.
1: All right, Warren. So I end up these podcasts with what I call the high five, which is basically five questions. um, Pretty simple, just kind of taking you down memory lane. Um, And the first one of those questions is. What was your favorite place to hang out? And maybe it still is when you get back to Iowa City, but your favorite place to hang out in Iowa City, non-restaurant. I had to make a caveat to this because Anthony Heron, Anthony Heron Alignment wanted to just remember all the restaurants in Iowa City.
0: (laughs) Uh, Fair enough. But I see this? My favorite place to hang out was the pit mall after the bars closed. That was my favorite place to hang out. Um, I was not, a, I was not a big bar person. I did hang out here and there, especially like first couple of years, you know, college just knew that sort of thing.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: ultimately after a while, I would just tell my friends, just let me know when the bar's close. closed. I'll be out there in the pit mall to hang out.
1: I like hanging out in the pit mall, just hanging out with the people. People watch, hanging mm-hmm. out, talking to people. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, And then the second question, you will be able to say a restaurant. What was your favorite place or is your favorite place to eat in Iowa City? Oh,
0: man, that's okay. Favorite place to eat in
1: Iowa City. Could have been your college place, too. You know, you didn't have a lot of money back then. The, The rules were different with which they could give you. Like now they can just keep eating and eating and eating over at the football complex before you guys sometimes had to eat the ramen noodles and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Favorite place to eat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to. It's, it's it's cliche, but it's true. My favorite place to eat in college was was Perkins. Yeah,
1: it's cool. Perkins. That's a good answer. I love Perkins, man. There ain't nothing. No shame in Perkins. <laughs> is a, I'm very nostalgic. When it comes to Perkins, yeah. <laughs> what was the go-to meal at Perkins? Oh
0: man, I was back then. I was a omelet and short stack guy. All so right, that was my, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Breakfast food at any time. I'm with you.
0: At yeah, any time,
1: absolutely. <laughs> All right, your favorite uh course, professor, course or professor, course and professor when you were in college.
0: Oh man, uh, let's see, favorite course. You know, I oh, man, that's a tough one. Um, I don't remember the professor's name, to be honest with you. You know, that, that doesn't say much for me being one of my <laughs> favorite
1: courses. <laughs> That's okay. It's a long time ago, man. We're talking like, what, 15 years ago now?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a while ago. Um, but I took an African studies course just as an elective and it was just a really good course. I just really, I just really enjoyed it. It was the only one of its kind that I took. Um, and so that was probably one of my favorite courses.
1: Cool. Yeah. Who were and this could be different by year, but who were your roommates when you were at Iowa? Who'd you live with?
0: Oh, sure. So my freshman year, first semester, I was with Jonte Jones. I don't know if you remember him. I do. Yeah, Jonte Jones. He was my he was my original uh, roommate. And then uh, second semester through sophomore year, I was with Chickasay. He's Yasi. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then, when I moved out, uh, Aaron Mickens was my roommate for the duration last two years of college.
1: Cool. Yeah. I remember all good guys. Oh, yeah. And then, um, the last one, what was your favorite for lack of a better term, Kirkism, or maybe something Kirk said or did or was known <laughs> for or you remember him for?
0: Oh man! Funny,
1: serious, whatever you, which whatever way you want, you pretty much give him free reign here. However, where you want to go with
0: Here between him and Coach Parker, there are a lot, and unfortunately, (laughs) the older I get, the less of them I remember. But there are guys who could just sit back and quote five minutes between the two. I'm sure. (laughs) Um, Definitely keep this one up. Uh, (laughs) The one, the one that has stuck with me. God, he was. He was. It was a Sunday morning, and we had you know our Sunday morning meetings, and he was kind of lecturing us a bit about, I guess, following the rules or something like that. And um, it he was he was he was answering this in a rebuttal to something somebody had said, but essentially, because I forget the context, but <laughs> his reply basically was. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if the queen if the queen had balls, she'd be king. <laughs> <laughs> just cracking me up. Um, and I I have to do this for for Coach Parker too. I think I've said this one before, but it's just one of my favorite favorite jokes. He's like he's always Coach Norman Parker. He's always cracking jokes. And um, we were this is my senior year, and we were coming back from Minnesota. I think either coming back or going to. I don't remember now. Um, but the defense's bus was like just, the front of the bus was just red. It was just red, you know? And it looked, it looked like what in the world happened to you guys' bus. And, <laughs> <laughs> and Coach back got the bus, and he looked at the front, and he said, well, the deer know one thing in Minnesota. And we was like, well, what's that? He was like, the Iowa defense sure can't hit. <laughs>
1: Oh, man. Yeah, yeah Norm, the- Norm was a special, special man. I still miss him.
0: Yeah, he was a good guy. He was.
1: Good. Those are both really funny stories, man. I appreciate you sharing those with us, and I'm sure the listeners will get a kick out of that, and hopefully they won't be eating or drinking anything at the time <laughs> where they need to spit it out. But we won't give them warning. We'll tell them after the fact. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Warren, man, it was a pleasure to catch up with you. Um, I always enjoy talking to you. I'm sorry it's been so long, but I'm so happy to hear things are going well in your life and, uh, and proud of you going back to school and, and following your dream in that regard. And, uh, really appreciate you joining me, man.
0: Oh, thanks for having me. It was, it was quite nice to reminisce. this. So thanks for the opportunity.
1: You bet, man. So be be well, and uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to catch up when you come back for a game. You can hit me up, and uh, we'll uh, we'll make that happen, okay? Yeah, I plan on being back
0: for uh, Fry Fest this year. Some of the guys are going to be in town, so you know, maybe then.
1: Yeah, definitely. I do a radio show uh, out at uh, Fry Fest out at the convention center there, so maybe we can get you on the air. Maybe we can get you on the radio. Okay, sounds good. All
2: right, man.